Welcome to The Change Lab, a podcast for people who are all about personal development, leaning into their potential and becoming their best self. Just, you know, starting next Monday. I'm your host, Dr. Sasha Hines, and oh, sh- it's not Monday. Hello, lab mates, and welcome back to The Change Lab. Oh shit, it's not Monday. I'm so happy to be here with you all. I'm so excited it's December. As I said, I love this time of year and it's finally started snowing in my town, which I live in a mountain town in a ski town. So when it doesn't snow, everyone is really anxious. (laughs) So it finally started snowing and everyone's in a better mood. We need some more, but we'll take it. And since this is the season when we celebrate six months of increasing darkness, transforming into six months of increasing lightness, it also tends to be the season when we reflect on what personal darkness we can transform into light. I am certainly doing that right now. So, you know, we think about what we'd like to leave behind and how we'd like to grow and evolve in the new year. This is so important. Don't let anyone tell you that setting goals in the new year is a bad call. You've heard what I have to say about New Year's resolutions. So I'm not a fan of the way that we set New Year's resolutions because it's not based on the science of change. But do we need to take stock and reflect on where we could be doing better? What kind of maturation we need to be engaging in? How our own transformation could change our lives for the better and the people in our lives and help them and improve their life as well and benefit them? And also, I think an important question is, what are we missing? By not changing, what are you missing out on? And that is something I am thinking a lot about right now. So anyway, here we are, it's December and we're creeping up on the new year. So I thought it would be fitting to talk about some of the science of goal setting and more importantly, what science has to say about how to increase your chances of becoming a goal finisher this year. We all can goal set. (laughs) I am an excellent goal setter. Goal finishing is a whole other thing, right? So tis the season for hope and also a whole lot of hopium. That's what's going around right now. And while setting big goals does require future-minded optimism, expansive thinking, and for sure muting the audio on that inner naysayer, and all of this is very important, Positive thinking isn't enough to create change or achieve big goals. It's just not enough. So if you're worried that you're, you know, too much of a worrier or you think that being a pessimist is a problem or are concerned that your natural tendency to be more of a dreader than a dreamer and that that would hold you back from achieving your biggest goals, I have some very encouraging news for you. Negative thinking is actually a superpower that can help you turn your drool-worthy vision board into a reality. And if you think this makes absolutely no sense, (laughs) keep listening and I'll explain the science behind why your negative thinking is actually crucial. All right. So today we're talking about the negativity advantage or how pessimism can help you reach your goals. It is counterintuitive, especially in the current zeitgeist, but the science here is really fascinating. 
So, you know, as I mentioned, in our society, we are just pummeled with messages about positive thinking. You see positive affirmations on social media, on coffee mugs, on tote bags. I mean, it's everywhere. I also have these things on my t-shirts and my mugs, etc. I think one of the best mugs someone gave me was the Ted Lasso Believe mug. I use it almost every day. I love it. But we're inundated with these positive messages. Does all of this sugary positivity help you accomplish your goals? It feels good, but does it really help? And the answer is nope, not really. (laughs) In fact, too much positive thinking actually can prevent you from making the changes that you want. So the research shows that romanticizing your goal makes you feel good in the present moment. When you fantasize about yourself finishing that marathon, glamorously traveling to far off places, becoming a published author, or how zen and unprovocable you'll be as an early morning meditator, it feels great. You feel a rush of positive emotions and there's a quantifiable shift in your physiology. When you fantasize about your positive future, it actually lowers your blood pressure. It feels lovely, but it relaxes you like you just had a glass of wine. And here's the problem. Dreaming big is awesome. And I actually just, you know, for the record here, I think that most of us need a much bigger imagination about what's possible for us. But fantasizing about the future makes you kick back and chill instead of getting you up and moving into action. Dr. Gabriel Oettingen, a professor of psychology at NYU and also the University of Hamburg, shows that when it comes to reaching your goals, positive fantasies aren't all that positive. What her research has demonstrated over the past three decades is that the more positive people's thoughts and fantasies are, the less effort they put into making them actually happen. So in a study of 25 women participating in a behavioral weight reduction program, Oettingen found that the more positively people fantasized about reaching their weight loss goal, the less weight they lost. And here's what she wrote. Subjects who reported very positive fantasies appeared to daydream that weight loss would occur effortlessly and without suffering. Such wishful thinking did little to facilitate successful weight control in either the short or the long term. Positive fantasies of the future, and this is exactly what optimism and hopium is, right? Those positive fantasies will make you a goal setter, but they're not enough to make you a goal finisher. And here's why. Dreamy and optimistic thinking doesn't create the inner friction, that positive anxiety. I know everyone's like, anxiety is terrible, but you need a little positive anxiety to get you going, right? You need it to actually move toward your desired future. And when you're in your fantasy world, you get to have all of those good feelings right now. Lowers your blood pressure. You just had a little glass of hopium. So why bother putting in all that work? It's literally a buzzkill. If you're fantasizing about having an amazing marriage, okay, awesome, and you feel so good, but the reality is to get that amazing marriage, you might have to have some really uncomfortable conversations. No, thanks. I'm on a hopium high, so I'm good. (laughs) This is what's going on. So the secret to achieving your goal and realizing the fantasy is to use your brain's natural inclination to imagine the worst. Your brain has a built-in negativity bias and you can use it to your advantage. How? Well, I'm going to walk you through what the process looks like. So step one is think positively. 
and really positively. First, you got to think about your big bodacious goal. You got to stretch your imagination. Think about holding your published book in your hands or laughing and having the best time with your spouse on a weekend getaway or the feeling of pride as you finish your first marathon, being debt-free or joyfully looking at your closet and not worrying about what fits or whatever you want, right? Think about how good it will feel to get there. Think about all the positive benefits in your life that will result from achieving this goal. And I really want to be clear here, your positive thinking is really powerful. It's necessary because it gives you the motivation to take the first step, right? It's, it's the fuel that gets you started on your journey, but it's not necessarily what gets you across the finish line. But the order of operations here matters, right? So this is step one. You got to start with thinking positively. Step two is think negatively. So you've now enjoyed your moment of positivity and optimism. You know, you're high on the hopium. And next, you need to come down from the clouds and ground your fantasy in reality. It's time to think negative, pessimistic thoughts. So all of you out there who think of yourself as a bit of a pessimist, great, you'll be awesome at step two, (laughs) which is actually incredibly important. So if you want to achieve your goal, you have to be realistic about the roadblocks that are likely to get in your way. You have to bump up your dreams against your dreads. So Oettingen developed a technique called mental contrasting to help you do just that. She says to imagine everything that could go right with your goal, think positively, then do the opposite. Contrast the positive with the negative and imagine everything that could go wrong. So let's say your goal is to exercise five times a week. What could go wrong? What could get in your way? You could be super pessimistic and make a list of everything that could derail you. You might feel unmotivated. You might have a big project due at work and very little free time. You might do one workout, feel frustrated because you're not in great shape and then give up. You might have issues with your knee or activate an old injury. You might feel embarrassed at the gym. You might have beliefs that cause you to prioritize everything else besides working out. Beliefs that compel you to put your work, your kids, or your friends at a higher priority level than your health. And the list could go on and on and on. That's just a fraction. I mean, truly let it rip. Everything you can possibly think of that might derail you. And this is a good time to do some data collection. So pay attention to what actually does derail you and then start writing them down in real time. So you have a really robust list of what the problems, the obstacles, the roadblocks will be. And step three is to think strategically. So you have a big bodacious goal. You have a list of everything that might stop you from achieving it. Now create a strategic plan to prepare for when the going gets tough. And it will get tough for sure. So I tell my clients to go through their list of obstacles and for each one, come up with an action plan. So for example, if one roadblock is a concern that your partner won't be 100% supportive of your goal to write a book because it will take away from the time that you two spend together, then you can strategize ways to overcome it or mitigate this potential roadblock. And here are a few possibilities. You could let go of the anxiety and concern by being direct. Ask your partner when he or she is free to have an important talk and directly share your anxieties. If your worry turns out to be accurate, you can have an honest conversation, better understand their perspective, and then include your partner in a problem-solving brainstorm. Engage them in 
this process of problem solving. You could schedule a weekly non-negotiable time together. Dinner dates, comedy shows, movie nights, shared activities like working out, you know, going to the gym together, hiking, going on a walk, etc. And commit to them on your shared calendar. So the way that you're managing, hey, he's not supportive because this is going to take away time from our fun time together. I'm going to commit to weekly things that we do together on our shared calendar and they will be sacrosanct. Or you could create firm writing hours and hold yourself accountable to shut down your laptop at a certain hour, no matter how much writing got accomplished in your writing block. So these are examples of ways that you can brainstorm how you might overcome these obstacles or how you might deal with them, either mitigating them, avoiding them, or making them not such a big deal. And just an example from my own life, when my daughter was little, I was struggling to find time to work out because my early rising five-year-old daughter, gosh, she's really a morning person, would get out of bed before I was able to sneak to the gym at 6.30. We were living in an apartment building where the gym was very close. But you know, she would be in the kitchen like, oh, don't you dare leave me here with sleeping family members. I don't want you to leave. I want my mom with me. So, you know, she didn't want to go back to bed until the rest of the house woke up. And I also, truly, if I'm being honest, I wanted to have some mom-daughter time with her. It's the morning. I could just like snuggle with her and have a cup of coffee. That was delightful instead of going to the gym. So I felt conflicted, but it was really getting in the way of my fitness goal because I didn't have tons of time to do it at other times of the day. So I used this approach to come up with a solution. So my big goal was to exercise five days a week because I was training for a Nordic ski race. And I, you know, wanted to, (laughs) I wanted to cross the finish line without dying of hypoxia. But my roadblock, and it was very real to making this happen, was that my early morning workout time had turned into mom-daughter hangout time, which was lovely, but not helping me meet my goal. So my solution was, you know, as as I said, the building that we lived in had a gym and I created a little, like a little gym backpack for my daughter. It was like a go bag full of markers, crayons, paper, coloring books for her to bring to the gym with me for my early morning workout. So she would just join me and she would just sit and draw while I worked out. And some days I would only get 20 minutes in because she would get bored. (laughs) and want to leave. And I just have to call it a day. But someday she would hang out the whole time while I was working out. And sometimes she would like come over and sit on my back while I was doing pushups. It was actually really fun. And I consistently got to the gym and I have these just adorable memories and pictures too. She's so cute of my daughter hanging out in the gym, coloring and drawing pictures with bedhead in her pajamas and slippers. (laughs) That's 630 in the morning. So it wasn't a perfect solution, but it kept me moving toward my goal. And ultimately I did cross the finish line of my Nordic ski race and my husband and daughter got to cheer me on while I did it. So it was a win for all of us. So a very simple exercise, but one that we typically avoid and just sort of throw our hands up being like, well, what can I do? Uh, A lot. (laughs) The minute you turn your brain into creative mode, it will come up with so many solutions that once you write them down, you're like, well, that was pretty obvious. But often we just completely neglect this part of the process. So to sum it up, positive thinking is essential. It is. You have to believe that you're worthy and capable of going after your dreams. But positivity only gets you so far. 
You need to think positively, think negatively, and think strategically to achieve your goal. And this is very important. As I said, you must do so in this order. The order of operations is vital because if pessimism leads, you'll defeat yourself before you even start. So let positivity lead, negativity follow, and strategy pull the plan together. And if you are interested in learning a little bit more about the negativity advantage, check out my interview on Forbes.com. I got interviewed for Forbes and there's a piece that they wrote and you can read it there. I'll put the link in the show notes. And also I will put a link too for Dr. Gabriel Oettingen's book. It's wonderful. And I will put that in the show notes. And as always, here is your lab work. So your lab work this week is to think positively, imagine your big bodacious goal coming true. I want you thinking about what you want to create in the new year and think about it expansively, optimistically, get into the dream. Think big, think positively, and then think negatively. Think about all the mental, emotional, physical, and logistical roadblocks that may stop you from achieving this goal, including blocks inside your own mind right? Competing priorities, beliefs that keep you stuck, emotional resistance, all of that stuff. And finally, think strategically. So for each roadblock, come up with a potential plan to address the issue and do it one by one. It's a little labor intensive, but again, if you fail to plan, you plan to fail. It's the way it works with change too. And I would say for most people, this is the part that they really miss, that they do not prepare to change and then they fizzle out right? Their romance with their New Year's resolution fizzles out before Valentine's Day. So for each of these roadblocks, come up with a potential plan, a way of handling it, something that perhaps may even prevent it from even being an issue. Come up with that list. And um, before I sign off today, I just wanted to share some really exciting news. I have a brand new group program and I haven't offered something in some time. So I'm really excited about this. It's called New Year's Evolution and it's beginning on January 2nd, 2024. So a new group coaching program called New Year's Evolution and it starts in the new year. And it's all about helping you turn your new year, new you fantasy into a reality. So for more details about the program, you can go to drsashahines.com slash evolve. So D-R-S-A-S-H-A-H-E-I-N-Z.com slash evolve. And if you feel like you have one foot on the gas, wanting change and one foot on the brake, resisting that change, I created this program just for you. The most crucial phase of change, the process of inner transformation that others can't see is the one almost everyone skips over. But if you don't work through your ambivalence, and create a rock solid, robust plan based on psychological science, you won't succeed. You've got to create the plan, anticipating all this stuff. You got to get ready to change. And deep down, you know this, you know this is true because if you're like me, you have jumped right into action and failed so many times, right? It's just so demoralizing. So together we'll set you up for the transformation you really desire what do you want? You don't want to be a goal setter. You want to be a goal finisher. So that's exactly what we're going to do. And I could not be more amped about this 11-week program. It is bar none, the best thing I've ever created. I'm so excited about it. So stop kicking the can down the road with those empty promises and join 
New Year's Evolution with me and all your fellow lab mates. It'll be a ton of fun and uh, you will learn so much. I mean, literally blowing my own mind as I've put this together. So I've been piloting it on myself and it's been amazing. So anyway, so you can sign up at drsashaheinz.com slash evolve and have a wonderful week. And remember to put the own up in grown up. For more dirt on today's topic, make sure to visit the episode show notes at drsashaheinz.com. Or if you have any specific questions, you can shoot me an email at hello at thechangelabpodcast.com or find me on Instagram at drsashaheinz. If you're enjoying The Change Lab, there are three things you can do about it. Subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to podcasts. Share the show with a friend or five. Or head over to drsashaheinz.com to check out the ways you can work with me and dive deeper into this work. And if you're feeling wild, maybe do all three. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next Monday.